Hey listeners, Gavin here. Just a real quick message about this week's episode. I am not the happiest with the audio quality. I've been using an eight-year-old microphone to record the episodes, and I think it was finally on its deathbed. So I've laid that one to rest, I bought a new microphone, and this will hopefully solve a lot of the sound issues we've been having over the last couple episodes. So hopefully you enjoy this episode. I know it can be a little rough to listen to. If you have better headphones, it sounds better. Uh, But that's the biggest warning I can give you. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and I hope you enjoy our episode all about Keanu Reeves. Listening. Oh yeah, I Welcome. guess I guess you're here as well. Yeah. Well, oh my god, I didn't oh, see yeah. you there. Oh, <laughs> let me get dressed real quick. <laughs> oh, this is where we're wearing clothes. Yeah, this crazy. Is, it's so awkward. Um, but thank you guys for listening to the mixed reviews. We're a movie podcast where we, uh, you know, take two weeks ish to watch all the movies we can about a certain subject, or uh, which is usually an actor or a director or maybe a little genre. And we kind of uh, go, we go deep. We go deep. We investigate, uh, see what we like, see what we don't. We and take out our magnifying glasses. Yes. We get all Detective Pikachu on it. Uh, and I haven't seen it yet. And I'm just very upset. Okay. Before we move into this week's subject, we have some old business to get to. And even before that old business, I have a breaking news news update. Okay. I was telling people that we did the Jennifer Lopez episode, and a friend of a friend was recently okay. an extra oh. in her new movie. Yes. So he was doing some extra work, and J-Lo arrived, and he said she is an angel. Oh, the first thing she go. did when there she got go. out of her car was she started singing, oh. and just the voice of an angel, and yes. she was nice to everyone. Oh, so this is it. this makes my heart... So much lighter. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you guys were following the Met Gala, um, nonsense that happened a week ago-ish now, um, the video of her running into Katy Perry in her burger outfit. Yes. Um, I live. I love. You know, <laughs> JLo didn't blink. She said, Hey girl. <laughs> but yes, uh, while we're still talking about Jennifer Lopez, let's get into our poll, which yes. we put up on our Twitter account. Yes. Um, I asked you guys uh, to go to Twitter and vote for what was your favorite J-Lo performance. Um, and here are the results. Made in Manhattan got 8%. Um, 10% went to other, but no one told us what they would <laughs> No. Like. Though my sister did comment on my Instagram post okay. with, yes, Made in Manhattan. Okay, so there that's... you go. So maybe Made in Manhattan, <laughs> that's that's pushing Made in Manhattan to friends. <laughs> yeah, to 9%. Um, <laughs> one friend did text me and he was like, no love for the cell. <laughs> and I was like, I said I liked it. I didn't, we didn't. I liked it too. You know what's interesting? I always wonder when we do these episodes, if we're doing some missed opportunities on certain films. Right. But I think when talking about Jennifer Lopez, The Cell is not so much her movie. If we were to do like a Vincent D'Onofrio episode, I think we would talk a lot more about The Cell. I I think Jennifer Lopez, while great in it and good, doing a serviceable job, is not the main star. And part of that is the writing as well. She's there for the looks, looks, looks. Right. And, and she looks amazing. Out of sight, your pick was 24%. And my pick, and I think everyone's pick, was Selena, 58%. Yeah. Um, and bitty, bitty, bum, bum. You yeah. know what? Oh, by the way, I voted for Selena anyways. I was just like, I was like, I love you out of sight, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Selena is where it's at. I mean, that's... 
completely she owns that movie front yeah. to back and uh which I, is not to say that she hasn't progressed as an actor no. but you know sometimes there's a highlight in your career and it comes early yeah for sure and um uh, you know i think she i mean she's said I and mean, she still always says she's like i was so lucky yeah for that role and i love that family i love selena and um i think she totally understands like she keeps the legacy of selena alive not only in her career but just um through through this film, you know? Yeah. Uh, but that was, not, a fun, that was a fun episode. Oh, absolutely. But Jennifer Lopez is not what brings us here today. No, no, no. gathered us around, folks. No, no, no. Uh, not at all. Today's subject is a certain Mr. Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. And, uh, God, rewatching some of these movies uh, made me realize, like, man, I, I get it. I yeah. get it. And yeah. um, I still want to get it. <laughs> he is so interesting. I don't know if we've ever done a actor quite like him. Right. And I think part of that is, is he is such a blank slate. Yeah. And I don't mean that as a negative. I definitely don't mean that as a negative. Yeah. I actually think he's really fantastic uh-huh. um, in a lot of the movies he's in. Even movies, I would say, that are not good or that, like, he's not the right casting for. Right, right, right. Looking at you, Henry's Crime. Hello. But, uh, but... I think it's really interesting because he doesn't bring, I don't feel like he brings a lot to the table mm-hmm. as... I mean, I do think he brings swagger. Yes. And the, I was trying to think, like, what what is his deal? Like, when yeah. we talk about, like, you know, they're overachieving or eager theater type kids like Anne Hathaway, um, you know, uh, cool girl bombshells who are super talented like Charlize. Yeah. Um kind of like uh, uh people just have like their thing like what's their vibe and he gives me like mysterious quiet theater guy yeah yeah like he's the theater guy where it's like why is this like this, this hot straight dude who like does he know he's hot right and, and if he does is he playing us like why is he so mysterious and like he just has like this brooding swagger where it's like it's almost unshakable i yeah even when you in in interviews where like people are trying to like needle him for something, he just kind of like laughs it all off, and he is giving you like you said nothing. He's a blank slate where it's all into the void of Keanu. He's he's very a Jordan Catalano type mm. for the my so called life fans mm-hmm, out there. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's got that sort of like is he a good thing or maybe I'll even move it back even further. He's a little bit nine hundred two one zero Dylan R I P Perry. Yes. yes. But, like, that sort of, like, what is it about him? Like, that mystery. Who's that guy? Yeah. Yeah, Where did he come from? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Who's that guy? It's exactly that. It's exactly that. You know, and I mean, there is a long line of that throughout the history of movie stars. The the sort of, like, less you know about a movie star, the sort of, like, better it is. The Humphrey Bogarts. The mystery. uh, The James Deans. You Mm -hmm. know, the the ones that you... that feel a little untouchable, yeah. a little and unapproachable. The, and, like, the true gag is, like, they're not doing anything. They're no. not mysterious. Like, there's no mystery. He's just, like, right. not giving... He's not... Right. There's no drama. There's no, like, you know... He just wants to... Uh, I, I recently read a, a GQ profile on him. Yeah. Um, pretty pretty famous uh, profile came out where he was in the cover. And, like, super yeah. cool photos and... Legend of Keanu Reeves. Yeah, and, yeah. like and basically, Keanu just wants to sit in the corner of a hotel playing computer chess. Yeah, like literally. <laughs> He's like, uh, I'm making motorcycles. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Like, the most animated in any interview I saw him was talking about 
making motorcycles. I, mean, I love riding a motorcycle. There's something about the, the freedom of it, the concentration that you take, the way that you the senses. I love how they look, how they smell, how they feel. But I will say, um, for as much as I just talked about how mysterious and how, like, he's giving in interviews. He may not be energetic, but, like, right. he's not, like... He does. There's like very few things. I feel like he's like. I'm not gonna talk about that. Oh no, like, he would never. Asked about, yeah, I, I I don't think he takes himself like seriously in yeah. that way. I don't think he's always like, please, I'm a celebrity. No guys, <laughs> no please. Like it's just too much. He's not gonna show up at the Met Gala dressed as a photographer. No, no. <laughs> nice try, bitch. Um, he's not. I mean, he wouldn't even show up to them. Like I think yeah. he has very little interest in being a quote unquote celebrity. And I think he's just more interested in, like, doing work and, like, being, uh, like, cool. And I, I, it's almost like that thing, like, I knew a guy just like this in high school, you know? His yeah. name was Yuli. And I was just like, why is he so mysterious? Like, what's going on in his brain? Literally nothing was. <laughs> he was just, like, quiet and cute. I lead a very quiet, yeah. normal kind of really, I mean, my private life is a boring disaster. But, but work is good. We're talking about him because John Wick 3 is coming yes. out. Yes. Chapter three, Parabellum. Mm-hmm. I know Parabellum. She's really fun. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I actually just saw her. Yeah. Just she good, good shows. Good yeah, shows. Yeah. Uh huh. Right outside the, was it at brunch? Right outside the KFC. Oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Louie and I are both drinking a little bourbon yeah. in honor of Keanu. Yes. I feel like this is what he would do. He so. would. Yeah. yeah. Um, that interview he gave for GQ was really fun. He was like, "Oh, the Hotel Marmont or the Chateau Marmont." Yeah. yeah. He's like, "You used to be able to get away with doing all sorts of stuff in here." Yeah. I would. Do, I would go to the corner and do drugs or yeah, like. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, he moved in at one point. Like, yeah. Casual. 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 Yeah. So, uh, but I. And here's the funny thing also. I think a lot of our listeners, a lot of people in general will say, Keanu's dumb. Yes! He, that's ha- he I... has, he has a, um, what's a reputation for maybe being dim. So he has a very California. Right. Um. It's funny because he's Canadian. Yeah. He has a very California, like, affectation. Mm. I mean, I, th- I remember when people saw the Matrix and everyone, I mean, the Matrix blew up and the, I remember one big joke was like when he was like, ugh. Yeah. You know, like, the way he said, whoa, people were like, and, I mean, Point Break also yeah. kind of cemented that status for him. And I just don't think he, like, really ever cared enough to, like, be like, um, actually, guys, just in regards to my IQ, like, I yeah. don't think he ever, but all I could think of is Tobey Maguire playing him on Celebrity Jeopardy on SNL. Keanu Reeves has an impressive negative $32,000. I know Kung Fu. <laughs> For the last time, no, you don't. No one can figure out if the hot tea is hot or cold. Thank God, Keanu Reeves. Is it iced tea? No, it's hot tea. Well, then I have no idea. It's also really unfortunate because you have Jimmy Fallon playing Hillary Swank, so it's like a little like that. Uh, but, like, I, to Tobey Maguire's entire impression is... I'm an idiot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I, it's, and I, there have been even times in interviews where they ask him about like, oh, the sad Keanu meme, um, the way the internet, you know, thinks what you are. He's always, he's really game just to be yeah. like, well, that's funny. Uh, it was funny. <laughs> that so many people were worried about your welfare. Um, no, I think that's lovely. But, um, no, the, I, I think it was, people started to do funny things with that, um, Sad Keanu. 
but uh, you're not sad. I'm well. Yeah, no, I'm normal. <laughs> we we all go through phases of happy and sad. It feels like everything just like kind of like washes away from him. He yeah. doesn't take because because he knows he's like yeah I'm like a celebrity human being. What was the, he did a really recent interview where someone was like so Keanu your movies have made over three billion dollars worldwide and he's like what, really like well <laughs> um, but also I think um, we ju- I I retweeted on our Instagram. Um, not on our Instagram. <laughs> we don't have one of those. Um, on my Twitter. Uh, on our OnlyFans. Uh, yeah, on our OnlyFans. Uh, on my Twitter, uh, uh, Stephen Colbert asked him, like, what do you think happens yes. after you die? What do you think happens when we die, Keanu Reeves? <laughs> I know that the ones who love us will miss us. So it's like, oh, this guy, he's a thoughtful man. He's a thoughtful, yeah. intelligent man. There are a lot of celebrities, I think, would who would, like, put out press releases, do a whole thing. Like, is, I can't believe people are calling me stupid. And, like, right. he just doesn't care. No. And good for him. So with that being said, let's move into our rewind. Let's go. Keanu Charles Reeves was born in Beirut on September 2nd, 1964, mm. making him a 54. The Beirut? Yeah. The son of Patricia, a costume designer and performer, and Samuel Nolan Reeves Jr. His mother is English and hails from Essex. His father is American from Hawaii, is of Chinese, Hawaiian, English, Irish, and Portuguese descent. So yeah. just all over the place. That's what, I mean, I think most people would be like, oh, Keanu has such a distinct look. Yeah. And, um... And, and that's fucking why. He is a mixed baby, and he looks gorgeous. Yeah, beautiful. Genuinely beautiful. Genuine. Like, um, the face of uh, a, such a sweet, sweet man. Reeves has said, my grandmother is Chinese and Hawaiian, so I was around Chinese art, furniture, and cuisine when I was growing up. His okay, mother was cool. working in Beirut when she met his father. The, in that, I think, is that same interview where he talks about... Um, so she was, like, a famous costume designer. Yes. She was not just any costume designer. There's, like, the cover of Playboy with Dolly Parton, I believe, mm-hmm. in a full bunny outfit. There was one year I was in performing arts high school, and Dolly Parton had done the cover of Playboy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she had the bunny. I wore that for Halloween. No! no. That was, uh, yeah, so I was on a streetcar in Toronto in 1983 mm-hmm. wearing that. I love it. Wow. Love it. Oh, and stockings. He's like, yeah, my mom made this and I wore it. Wow. Yeah. Monique, I would like to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reeve's father uh, was in prison for selling heroin. Oh, my God. Uh, at the Hilo International Airport. Uh, I mean, that's where he got caught. He got, I don't, yeah. He, um, got, he got caught selling heroin at an airport. Yeah. Um, and then he abandoned his family when Reeves was three years old. Jesus. And, um, uh, but Reeves knew him until he was about six years old. Um, and then they last met on the island of Kauai when Reeves was 13. That's the last time you saw him. Wow. Um, Reeves moved around a lot, had various stepfathers. Um, after his parents divorced in 66, his mother became a costume designer and they moved the family to Sydney, then to New York City, um, where she married Paul Aaron, a Broadway and Hollywood director in 1970. Couple moved to Toronto, Ontario, and divorced in 1971. When Reeves was 15, he worked as a production assistant on Aaron's films. Reeves' mother then married Robert Miller, a rock bu- music promoter, in 1976. The couple divorced in 1980. She subsequently married her fourth husband, a hairdresser named Jack Bond. The marriage ended in 94. Oh my god. Yeah. Grandparents and nannies babysat Reeves and his sister, and Reeves grew up primarily in the Yorkville neighborhood of Toronto. So, it was young, 
when yeah. he moved to Toronto. Um, so I think that's why he's mostly considered Canadian. Right. But, um... I mean, like, I guess, like, it's... It's hard, I guess, because he... It doesn't sound like home was a very stable place. No. But if you're growing up in a community, you know, like, if, if you don't want to be at home, you know, you're just going to go out. Like, Toronto was, for all intents and purposes, was his place that, like, kind of made him, grew him up. Um... But yeah, I can't imagine. Jesus. Uh, because of the moving around, within five years, Keanu Reeves attended four different high schools. Uh, he was expelled from one of them. Uh, he stated he was expelled because he was, quote, just a little too rambunctious and shot his mouth off once too often. He was generally not the most well-oiled machine in the school. Uh, but he excelled in sports. So there, there's that. Um, part of this was, and he's talked about this a little bit, uh, he's dyslexic. Mm. And so you know, the reading, writing, arithmetic part wasn't as easy as, you know, the physical activity. Right. I get that. That's, you yeah. know, that makes sense to me. Yep. Um, also, it just seems like the more we talk about celebrities, the more we have to be like, by the way, none of them were good students. Yeah. <laughs> Which, good, because fuck them if, like, they were celebrities who were, I mean, they all can't be Natalie Portman. God. Um, he was a successful ice hockey goalkeeper at De La Salle College, earning uh, the nickname The Wall. I love that so much. Oh, yeah. He oh, loves are hockey. You, are you fucking Canadian or are you not? Okay. <laughs> um, he dreamed of playing ice hockey for Canada, but an injury forced him to consider other career paths. Um, after leaving De La Salle College, he attended uh, Avondale Secondary Alternative School, which allowed him to obtain an education while working as an actor. He later dropped out and did not obtain his high school diploma. He does not have his high school diploma? Nope, 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 nope. Good for him. I know I'm a pretty simple guy. You know, um, you know. I, ever since I was a young kid, I, I wanted to act. You know, I started professional acting when I was 15. Um, and you know, I've been really lucky to have the chance to have a career, and um, I don't know, I just have always tried to keep it simple. You know, I think it's just in my nature, you know? I had good parents. So we began acting at the age of nine, um, doing a lot of stage work. Damn Yankees, Romeo and Juliet when he was 15, dropped out of high school when he was 17, and obtained his green card through his American stepfather and moved to Los Angeles three years later. Wow. Um, he lived with Paul Aaron, his ex-stepfather. Uh, and he made a screen acting debut in an episode of Hanging In. In the early 1980s, he started acting in commercials. There's a great Coca-Cola commercial with him. Hey, I'm proud of you. Really proud. A Coke. Grace, who's your coach? My dad. His first studio movie appearance was Young Blood in 1986, in which he played a Quebecois goalie. Shortly after the movie's release, Reeves drove to Los Angeles in his 1969 Volvo 122. That is the most Carfax you're going to get on this. Um, wait, so did he play a goalie in this yes, movie? Yes, he did. Wow, he's like, haha, I'm back on the ice. Um, his stepfather convinced Erwin Stoff in advance to be Reeves' manager and agent. Stoff has remained Reeves' manager and co-produced many of his films. Really? You know, when you start out, you just, especially when I, well, whenever you start out in something, you have hopes and you have dreams. Uh, for me, it was um, just getting the chance to act and to, to I, know, I knew I wanted to make movies and I knew I wanted to go to Hollywood to, to be in films. You know, I, I think because I grew up in Canada and Toronto, those were the movies I saw. You know, and I wanted to be telling those stories and to be making those movies. And so, you know, I tried to make my way there and I got in my car when I was 20 years old and I drove to Los Angeles and, um, you know, I had been working. I got an agent and but I didn't know 
I mean, you can never know what your life is going to be. The extreme loyalty Keanu Reeves has to the yeah. people he surrounds himself with is enough. We've talked about loyalty before with other people, and there there are certain people, but honestly, it feels like if you can get on Keanu Reeves' good side, he that. is your fucking friend for life. Yeah, just that. Yeah. I mean, think about, like, Winoda. Think about, like, the, the stunt people he's worked yeah. with. Yeah. Uh, there's a, an amazing bit of an interview, and I'm not going to play it because I, I think it's a little too private, but you can Google it if you want. Um, there There's a bit of an interview where somebody asked him about River Phoenix after River Phoenix uh, had died, and he just started crying. Wow. So, like, I think he when he forms bonds, friendship bonds and whatnot... They are permanent. So he does a bunch of minor roles. Uh, he did, he did, it's funny. Second, second subject in a row. He, one of his first big things was a TV movie. Yes. With Lindsay Wagner. Wow. I mean, Lindsay she, Wagner, Google, Star Maker. Star Maker. JLo. Keanu Reeves. I mean, everything she does. Sandra Bullock. Because she's also in the Bionic, the, where she right, plays. Bionic Woman. The, yeah, the Bionic Woman movie where she's also Bionic, where she was going to be the new Bionic Woman. Lindsay Wagner Honestly, is just, a kiss from heaven. When's her episode? <laughs> I'm having fun, and it and I can. It feels real. So, and in that respect, yeah, I hope something gets out there that is magic. His success began right here on the set of the TV movie Young Again in 1986, when he worked with the queen of TV movies, Lindsay Wagner. She's uh, quite the pro, and she's taught me a lot of tricks. And I hope I can grow up and be like her. <laughs> but he made his first big dramatic. Uh, appearance in Hollywood with River's Edge. There's a, a couple other movies before that, and there's this one about uh, gymnastics with Olivia Diablo called Flying, which mm. is available on YouTube if you really feel the need to watch it. It's kind of like Flashdance, but about gymnastics. Okay, love that concept already. <laughs> also, guys, if you could just like look up Keanu Reeves in 1986 on Google Images, his face, his hair, ugh. Also around this time period, uh, he did the TV movie Babes in Toyland, which is 100% nightmare fuel. Uh, but, uh, 100%. Um, River's Edge is, like I said, is, is sort of his big it's the breakthrough. breakthrough. Yeah. Um, that comes along in 86. 86. And after that, he starts to blow up a little bit. Uh, and his next big, like, breakout, mm -hmm. the one where everybody begins to notice who is this guy is 1989's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yeah. Um, he plays Ted Theodore Logan. Um, oh, that's a... <laughs> okay, I don't say this often, Gavin, but that was a very good impression. Oh, thank you. Uh, I love those movies. Because you're famously very bad at impressions. Um, I'm very good at impressions. I don't know who you've been talking to other I mean... than my mom. <laughs> uh, but, uh, Bill and Ted, I think what sort of strikes a chord with people is it's this very high concept comedy. Yeah. But also, it's about these two very relatable idiots. Yeah, yeah. Um, him and Alex Winter. Alex Winter plays uh, Bill Preston Esquire, which I always think is funny because it's like, you're not a lawyer. Right. Um, but, but maybe. Uh, yeah, I think also that was around the time when the Valley Girl and, like, California culture added. Like, it was... I don't know. That was, like, a prevalent... Uh, that was... Uh, people were like, oh, it was crazy people in California and they talk a certain way and they just want to go to the mall and they're stupid um, and this was just such a heightened heightened version of that yeah and, absolutely and it was fucking funny and I have to say Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is a near perfect movie except for one small moment of homophobia which he has said he's regretted oh which I really like it's funny because he's been caught doing that 
Um, doing homophobia? Doing homophobia. Oh my god. Um, not only that, he did an interview in my own private Idaho around the time it came out. Right. He was basically like, I can't even imagine having sex with a man. Like, that's yeah, not, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And, uh, he's since done interviews where he's sort of like, what's, what's cool about him is it does seem like he processes things and reinterprets. It's sort of like when the Beastie Boys moved away from Brass Monkey yes. and more into like free Tibet mode. Okay. Right. right <laughs> um, for sure. Where, where he, he talks about these things and he regrets them and, but he's recontextualized them as like, Oh, these were of the time and right. they're unfortunate and I yeah. wish I could change them, but I can't. Right. Um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, so spoiler alert. Um, I had never seen Bill and Ted's. Shut the fuck yeah. up. But really? I, yeah. That was like a staple of my childhood. Yeah, I don't know. I, it just never, um, happened for me, I guess. <laughs> and, um, uh, Gavin couldn't find his drink just now. No, I couldn't. I was so shocked. Oh, yeah. Reader, I was shocked. Uh-huh. Um, but I watched it and I was like, wow, this is just as good as everyone says. And it's even, what makes it even better is because the, the character is so specific. Yeah. And you don't, a lot of Keanu's movies, it is Keanu, you know, and he's, he's doing the Jennifer Aniston playing (laughs) themselves, you know, which is fine. Like some celebrities go, I would watch a movie called Jennifer plays herself. Hello. (laughs) I would watch a movie, um, called Keanu plays Jennifer. (laughs) Um, but in this one, he is making choices and there, I, I, um, I do not think there are many people on this planet who could play this character with as much sincerity and um without an ounce of cynicism like the way and that's what it is it's so genuine and so honest they're not making fun of these characters no he delivers possibly one of my favorite lines in all of film history which is bill what strange things are afoot at the circle k the way that they say righteous yeah i'm just like no one could give a line reading that the way that they are giving it like and uh, what's their motto it's like be excellent to one another yeah be and honestly, that's a very that's fucking, a good motto. Yeah, yeah, like I was like, I'm learning things. Like this is a very dumb movie, but like this is also it has a beating heart underneath. Anyways, welcome back to the new, latest episode of Gavin and Louie's Excellent Adventure. Yes, yes. Which we only talk about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. What's um, coming next episode? The uh, there's movies in between, but there was a sequel, obviously, um, in 1991 called Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, which I will argue is a better designed film. Mm, I didn't catch the second one. Oh, really? It's so much fun. It is okay. really fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, can um, I quickly mention the movie The Night Before? Yes. Starring, uh, starring your favorite scammer, Lori Loughlin. <laughs> um, this movie kind of lives in the same world as Bill and Ted. Yeah. Um, it's very fun, but very dumb also. Um, you, you know what made me the most angry about that movie? Is it's so clearly designed in the same sort of way as Adventures of Babysitting. Yeah. But it's a much worse film. Like, the, so the plot of uh, The Night Before is... He wants to take this girl to prom. Yeah. Because she lost a bet. She lost a bet. He's a nerd, yeah, first of all, which nerd. is hard to believe. Yeah. Like... Slacker, sure. Yeah. But, like, a But nerd, a nerd is a stretch. Right. Um... And she's lost a bet, and they're going to go to prom, and he goes the wrong direction. They end up on the quote-unquote bad side of town, right. which literally is just the black side of town. Yeah, right. It's, which is offensive. <laughs> right. Oh, I wonder, this is a bigger conversation for, like, another time, other place, but, like, the idea, there were so many movies in the 80s, um, and the idea of, like, being scared of going into the city. And going, Yeah, going urban. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I just, there was such... Like the culture of like people being like, oh my god, like there there is murder everywhere yeah. in Manhattan, and there's murder everywhere in any like downtown center. 
like the full culture of that reflected back to us in movies that were and it and it's such an easy thing for them to be like we need them to get into trouble. Where can we send them? Right. Like, oh, well, people can recognize that there are bad things in the city. Like, On the other side of that, once again, Adventures in Babysitting is the is the bigger person in the situation because most of the villains in Adventures in Babysitting are white. Okay. And most of the black people they run into help them. Okay. So we we have we have yeah. we have, you know, <laughs> a, wo- a woke movie. Yeah, a woke movie from the 80s. It's rare to say. It's rare to... I mean, but, yeah, truly. But anyways, the night before, uh, they they go to the bad part of town. He accidentally takes some drugs and sells he Lori Loughlin to a pimp. <laughs> to a pimp. Yeah. And then he needs to get her back. He also, It's kind of like a, also a mystery because he like can't remember what happened yeah, the night before. Yeah, that part was so badly animated. Um, it's kind of funny. Oh, I mean, it's a funny trope. I just didn't think it was well handled in the no. direction of the film. Right. I was wondering if you could help me out. One dude to another. Get your hunky ass out of here. Get your hands off your head! Now! I confess! I did it. I took drugs and sold it to a pimp. Drop him, man! Or I'll splatter Mr. White Bread all over the street! From 1991, Reeves started playing bass guitar in the alternative rock band Dogstar. Yes. I love that he met the, the I believe it's the drummer of Dogstar, in a g- grocery store. Um, and <laughs> yeah. that's what made him be like, bro. Yeah, like, uh, um, but the same year Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey comes out, he also has his, like, breakout that moves him away from comedy yeah. and sort of gives us the counter Reeves that we sort of know and love nowadays, which is Point Break. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, Catherine Bigelow yeah. directs Point Break. And to be so conscious early in your career to be like, I want to work with these people who are maybe not in the full mainstream, mm-hmm. you know? We talked about Point Break in our Buddy Cop episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I didn't rewatch it for this, but I remember watching the movie, I was like, I get it. Like, yeah. this movie is like, this movie is like rock and roll, kick the door down and like, let's fucking slap. Like, you and know. And I think he's really good in it, I'll be honest. And, uh, Miss Petty. Yeah, Lori Petty. Uh, star, icon for the ages. She gets to do my favorite thing to Keanu, which is she puts, she puts her finger on his lips mm. to silence him. Mm. Yes. She <laughs> teaches him how to surf in this movie. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and what's, gr- I like, I don't know. There, there's a lot of great chemistry between everybody. Between, yes. Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, Lori Petty and Keanu Reeves. Yeah. My whole life I've done things for other people. In high school I played football because my old man expected me to. Uh-huh. And my parents always figured I'd go to law school. So I did. Football scholarship, Phi Beta Kappa. Is this going to take a really long time? Wait. So I'm a big hero to my folks, right? Mm-hmm. But two years ago, they were killed in a car wreck. You can't imagine it. Your whole life changes. And I suddenly realized that all my goals had been their goals. And I hadn't been living my own life. So I wanted something for myself. So I come out here from Ohio a month ago. I've never seen the ocean before. Any ocean. I never thought it would affect me so much. I'm drawn to it. Or something. I want to do what you do. It's the truth. All right. Okay. Tomorrow, here, 6 a.m. If you are one minute late, I'm gone. 
I think everybody has a lot of chemistry with each other, and I think that's really the key to success. And a lot of that does come from Keanu. Yeah, he and, he and, gives a lot of he he he's like kind of like this magnet, you know? Yeah. Like, or he gives it back and when he has it with someone, he really has it. We can talk about Sandra Bullock. We can talk about yeah, um, like you were saying, Patrick Swayze, Winona like, Ryder, Winona Ryder. Like he when he has it, he has it. Yeah. When he doesn't have it, oh god, it's bad. It's bad. And and nineteen ninety one doesn't stop there oh, in no, terms honey. of being oh, no. because he also has my own private Idaho. He's hitting you with every fucking right. thing he He's has. He's like, you want comedy? I got, got your it. fucking comedy. You want action? I got your fucking action. You want independent film? where Gay I'm, drama? Yeah, <laughs> where I'm maybe playing a Shakespeare character. Yeah. Also, there's some gay shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's... Hit him with the Gus Van Sant, honey. Yeah. Okay. And that's that's sort of what I'm talking about so early in his career to, to, be, to recognize the talent of people like Catherine Bigelow, Gus Van Sant, and Francis Ford Coppola, like, where you're not recognizing talent, but, like, if Francis Ford Coppola wants you to be in their fucking movie... Yeah, you, you say yes. You say yes. That brings us to 92, Fran- uh, Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula, world's longest title. Uh-huh. Um, which besides, we talked about in our Dracula episode. Yeah. Which we both love, has a special place in our heart. Except... Yeah, we can both say, <laughs> Keanu's not great in the movie. No, 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 no. I get the thought process behind casting him. He's young, he's hot, he's hip, he's cool. Mm-hmm. Young people are going to see him. He can't do the accent. No. Yeah. He can't do the... It's, he's kind of, like, out of his zone, out of yeah. class in yeah. every level. Like, he looks good. Like, Gia Gun, he looks good. <laughs> I feel like maybe, like, is there something to think about here? Like, is can Keanu live in these super ultra-stylized worlds? And right. now I'm thinking, yeah, he fucking can because he fucking owned the Matrix. Right. Absolutely. But part of the Matrix is he's playing, like, an everyman at right. first. Right. Thrust who enters. into Yeah. Yeah. So And so I guess Jonathan Harker in a way is an everyman who enters that world, but he's also already in a specific period. Right. But also I think uh, uh Bram Stoker's Dracula, like the universe that they created in there is so like the colors, the like right. theatricality, everything is like at this like crazy level and he's just not there. Twenty fifth of May, Budapest. Left Budapest early this morning. The impression I had was that we were leaving the West and entering the East. The district I am to enter is in the extreme east of the country, just on the borders of three states, Transylvania, Moldavia, and Bukovina, in the midst of the Carpathian Mountains, one of the wildest and least known portions of Europe. What sort of helps Keanu's, like, steez along Mm -hmm. is that um, he wins uh, 1992 MTV Movie Award for Most Desirable Male. Yeah, exactly. Wait, 92, what was he just off? So that was just off of Point Break. Uh, well, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you also like sort of built up all those right. all those other corners as well. Um, you know, his next big his next big thing is this little independent film. It's called Speed. Can you? Yeah. I've, I don't know. Yeah, I've it's heard it's of it. Nineteen ninety four. It's French. It's um, <laughs> it's fucking insane. Like there are actors that we have even talked about on this podcast where it's like there maybe there's one or two like pinnacles right. of their career where it's like oh like even Jennifer Lopez where it's like Selena. Far and away, that's the thing, you know, um, and we can argue about all sorts of things with that. But, like, for Keanu Reeves, it's like, fuck, you know, starting with Bill and Ted's, right. Private Idaho, Speed. Speed. Like, The Matrix. Like, it's just, he, uh, there are so many peaks to his career that uh, it's kind of uncanny. Like, I, there, there are probably way more famous 
um, people, uh, celebrities that people think of A-list first before they think of Keanu. Yeah. Who do not have as many hits, uh, cultural hits, you know, like he does. And, th- and that's sort of the interesting thing too. Uh, he's had all of these sort of inroads, all these places, these places of exposure. But this is really his first lead. Cause even point break, when you think about it, Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Exactly. He was the bigger star. Yeah, exactly. Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's Winona. Yeah. Uh, Bill and Ted, it's an ensemble thing. Right. It's not, you know, yeah. it's, uh, but, uh, but speed is him. Sandra Bullock, relatively unknown at the time. We yep. talked about this during the Sandra Bullock episode. Yep. Uh, so it's really interesting to, to see this young sort of like, indie guy who's only done one action movie so far get this huge yeah. budgeted summer blockbuster directed by Jan de Bont. Yeah, and they gave him that really hot haircut. Oh yeah. Oh he looks great. He it. looks like, great. That, in that, movie. that buzz was such a mm-hmm. that was a choice and um, it was the right one. So he famously turns on speed two. In between that though, he does score the role in the romance. I've seen it listed as romantic comedy. It's not funny. A Walk in the Clouds. Yeah, um, it's not funny. Uh, I, I think the only like try hard funny moments are the Deborah Messing moments, but A Walk in the Clouds is about a, um, uh, war veteran who comes, comes back. Home. Um, his wife, played by Deborah Messing, really pressures him and she's like, I want the finer things in life and pressures him into doing, uh, taking a job or reviving his job of selling candy. Right. Um, he meets a woman on a bus. She's pregnant. She doesn't have a husband. She's Mexican heritage. They're in California. Her family runs a winery. Mm-hmm. He agrees to pretend to be her husband and goes there and they fall in love. Right. And it's a very classic romance. Louie and I, uh, sort of talked about that a little bit beforehand. Yeah. It's, I, I, Okay, first of all, I think Deborah Messing is not the right person in this part. Right. She is playing some other fucking crazy universe that is not. Yeah. She's like, I think we said earlier, Deborah Messy. De- Deborah Messy. <laughs> Deborah Messy. Deborah doing the mosty. I don't know. Fuck this movie. I don't, I, I did not like it. <laughs> okay. I think if we're digging just a little deeper, the problem is Keanu. Uh, I, I think the movie itself also could use some rewrites, but yeah. I think more than anything, I think another lead. And sort of interesting, since we just did Cary Grant a couple episodes ago, or three episodes ago, um, I was like, the problem is, is this role needs a Cary Grant, and Keanu Reeves isn't Cary Grant, he's not even Jimmy Stewart. Right. Like, he's, he, he's too sullen, too inward, too interior, yeah. and it just doesn't... There is nothing, like, bright that about this movie. If anything, like, the woman that he falls in love with, I yeah. think I liked her better. But, yeah. like, the whole... By the way, also, real quick, Mexican family... The woman he falls in love with, Puerto Rican. Okay, right. Of course. Um, Anthony Quinn, the grandfather, he's the only one that has any Mexican heritage in him. And then you have Giancarlo Giannini. Yeah, of course. The, yeah. the father. But they, he's uh, Italian. But they almost play the family like they're Italian. Yeah, you're right. Keanu, I, Keanu is not big. I, I, he's very good at like being romantic with this woman. I, yeah. I buy that, but like. Well, that's the thing. I remember my sister, it was one of my sister's favorite films growing up, and I remember her watching it a lot, but the only scene that I remember her watching repeatedly was the crush the grape scene leading into the yeah. like kissy sex scene. Yeah. I want you more than anything, Victoria. I can't imagine how I want you, but I'm not free, and I won't hurt you that way. I won't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The next project that comes along is Speed 2 Cruise Control. He was offered $11 million, but uh, that would have been the largest money he would have made to date. But at the time, he was touring with his band Dogstar, and he agreed to take 
the role of Hamlet in a 1995 Manitoba Theater Center production of Hamlet in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, I mean, when, when the, the theaters of Manitoba calls. Yes. And the funny thing is, is he claims he was blacklisted after oh, that. Oh, yeah. Uh, absolutely. He was, he didn't work with Fox again until, um, the day the earth stood still in the 2000s. Yeah. And it's just, it's really, I don't know. It's really shitty that like, because, yeah. cause that movie's bad and that we talked about bad. it on the Sandra Bullock episode. Um, so I don't, I mean, the day there so still is also bad. Yeah, so whatever. True. But he made the, I feel like he made he the made right, right decision. Yeah. You know, but he does talk about, he's like actor jail, director jail. They're mm-hmm. real things. Yeah. And I sure. was placed in it. For sure. Um, but luckily for him, it doesn't even fucking matter. Right. The reviews of his Hamlet though. Um, oh, oh yeah, please. Roger Lewis of the Sunday Times said, he quite embodied the innocence, the splendid fury, the animal grace of the leaps and bounds, the emotional violence that form the Prince of Denmark. He is one of the top three Hamlets I have seen for a simple reason. He is Hamlet. Wow, a glowing review. So good for Keanu. Good for Keanu. He made the right choice. Um, Who would have thunk? The next big thing he does is the science fiction action movie Johnny Mnemonic. Uh, uh, Johnny Mnemonic, so fun. Is it? It's fun. Um, and then he does the action thriller chain reaction right out. So we talked about. Yeah. So there are, there are inroads back in that like are main, pretty mainstream. Yeah. You know, um, well, yeah, we mentioned chain reaction in the Rachel Vice episode because, yep. uh, she's, she's, the, she's lead in it. And it was one of her first big movies. Yep. Um, even though it's kind of a wasted yeah. performance. Uh, but he, he's also continuing to do indie films. He does <laughs> Filling Minnesota, which is a huge critical failure. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like he climbs back up. He does The Devil's Advocate starring yes. alongside Al Pacino and Charlize Theron. We so talked we've about, also talked about that. I read that he like took a pay cut for that too. Yeah. To get the movie It was made. a one million dollar pay cut, and that was to get so, Al Pacino. Al, exactly. Which I which bitch go off. Who are you? Never lost a case. Why? Why do you think? Because you're so fucking good. Yeah. But why? Because you're my father. I'm a little more than that, Kevin. That's not the first time that that happened, or not the last time that that happens. Yeah. Uh, because when he did the replacements, he took a 90% pay cut for so Gene they Hagman. would cast Gene Hagman. Once again, yeah. loyalty. Loyalty. Um, and he, he, he believes in the project. Yeah. And he wants to work with these really, I mean, Gene Hackman and Al Pacino, hello? Like, yeah. any actor would be like, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. But I can, <laughs> but I can see why the studios would be hesitant and this is gross but like neither of those people were money makers at mm. the time yeah. Al Pacino had not really had a huge renaissance uh-huh. uh yet and Gene Hackman had you know this is pre-royal tenenbaums yep um so like i can see studios being hesitant to do these older actors who perhaps don't make a ton of money anymore right and, and if they're demanding like i mean Al Pacino rightfully so yeah. would be like Guys, I'm not gonna like you know. I deserve a certain amount of money to be in a movie, um, and uh, but yeah, I, I think like both of those movies benefit from both of them being there. Yeah. Um, then 1999 comes around, turn of the century. Hello. Keanu doing indie films only does this small little thing yeah. called the, the Matrix. Matrix. Bitch, if you thought he was done, right? He said, "Oh, Fox, 
Nice try, bitch. <laughs> oh, Warner Brothers you, got yeah. me. Do you know my friends, Warner <laughs> and Brothers? <laughs> um, yeah, and I don't even know how much we have to talk about The Matrix. I don't think there's a person alive mm-hmm. um, under our age yeah. that has not seen The Matrix. Or at least has been... I mean, every cultural like it, thing was, was touched by The Matrix. Yeah. Every movie you now see yeah. is influenced by The Matrix. Um, the effects, incredible. You know, every it, every movie of that era tried to recreate the like grungy uh, early thousands right. Y2K um, uh, anxiety that that movie had. It's so funny because I think that there is, in terms of film, there's like in the nineties. Uh, Post pulp fiction, there's so many pulp fiction imitators. I would include Feeling Minnesota in there mm-hmm. too, where it like seizes all the wrong ideas from pulp fiction and yeah. decides to do that. And I would say the 2000s, you, the, the Matrix influences every action movie after that. Yeah. And that's, you know, a lot of them seize on the wrong ideas. Yeah. And they look, they all seize on like, uh, explosions and right. like bullet Guns. time and yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, black leather. Everything is black leather. Everything. I mean, everything. And that sort of, that puts him on a roll. You know, he does The Gift. He does The Watcher. Sweet November. Everybody's favorite. Uh, the replacements. Oh um, and then during those times, uh, you know, in between them, he does The Matrix sequels, which are shot back to back. Matrix Reloaded. Matrix Revolution. Um, Constantine yep. in 2005, yep. which I actually think is really enjoyable. I have friends who are mad at me for not talking about Rachel Vice, his second. I was going to say, uh, I didn't watch Constantine for Rachel Vice. I did watch it for this. Yeah. Once again, which goes to my theory, because it's really Keanu's movie. Yes, oh, absolutely it is. Um, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's not good. It's not bad. It's, he he is not the character of Constantine from the comics, and no, I'll be perfectly he's honest. Not. He's not. Um, but... The TV dude's pretty good. Yeah, TV dude, he's doing fine. He's doing the Constantine from the comics. Right. Uh, but I do like... I don't know. I like the movie. It's, like, stylish yeah. and it's fun. It's, Every- like, kind of creepy, spooky, ooky. Yeah. Everybody's uh, really great at... The scene with Tilda. him and the cat. Tilda. Oh, my God. Peter Stormare yeah. in that white suit and barefoot. Yeah. Just, like, not giving a shit. Yeah. Um, and uh, the worst... The only bad, like, actor in it... I know exactly who you're saying. Gavin Rossdale. Absolutely, oh, yeah. Gavin Rossdale. You can't cheat him this time. You're going back to hell. True. But you're not. What are you doing? I'm reading you your last rites. Spare me your remedial incantations. You do know what it is to truly be forgiven. To be welcomed into the kingdom of God. Demon of heaven. Love. And then he he actually started performing with this other band called Becky. He quit in 2005 and then like was kind of like I'm done with my music career. Right. Like this the is this is not fine. a serious pursuit for me. And I and I get that. Like that's a um but also 2005 is a big year for him personally in terms of his career. He gets his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Oh. And I think I don't know. I think that's a really that's a really big accomplishment yeah. for somebody who doesn't buy it. Like the president <laughs> by um drag and i think he he sort of realizes he can take a step back from the big movies yeah for a bit he does a scanner darkly in 2006 mm-hmm. um and he does the lake house with sandra bullock trying to recapture that chemistry okay. and once again i will go to bat and say that movie's not that bad 
They have the, I mean, they still have a chemistry. I think yeah. they definitely have chemistry. The movie is not that bad. It's not that great either. It's not that great either. But I do like watching, I honestly like watching them together. Yeah. They do. Like, it, it is look, steamy when they're it, together. It, it is. It is. I, I don't know what it, I mean, we talked a bit about it in the Cinebellic episode, but I wonder if part of it is she's so gregarious and so full of life and so cute. Yeah. And he does have that reserve thing. Yeah. And she like, she pulls a little bit of that that's, out of that's him. That's the good and, magnetism. They have yeah. it. Yeah. And then, <laughs> And then in 2008, he does Street Kings and The Day the Earth Stood Still. Oof, Let me tell you, woof. 2008 is not a good year for Keanu Reeves. Um, I have fallen asleep multiple times during The Day the Earth Stood Still, okay. and I love the original Day the Earth Stood Still. Um, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on the show. It is so hard for me to walk away from a movie or turn a movie off. Okay. I got half an hour into Street Kings, and I was like, I don't need to see this movie. I did not watch Three Kings, but I saw The Day That Earth Stood Still in theaters, and I remember, like, one of the gags was that, like, this was one of the first things that Jaden Smith, I believe, is in. Yes, yeah, yeah. And this was maybe, like, the current, like, one of the kernels of the beginnings of me being like, I fucking hate kids in movies! Because <laughs> he is a little asshole in the movie, ruins shit, fucks things up. And you're like, Jennifer Connelly deserves better. <laughs> Please! <laughs> um, yeah, but not a great year for Keanu, 2008. The other big thing in 2008, though, is he begins pre-production on his directorial debut, yes. Man of Tai Chi. Um, it's really cool. I'll be honest. It's not a perfect movie by any means. But for it to be a passion project of an actor-turned-director, for him to decide that his first movie, which could be anything, because anybody would willingly right. buy a Keanu Reeves film... To do it as an action movie that's not like The Matrix. Yep. To do it in multilingual. Yep. Uh, to have it star an Asian man who's not really an actor, who's right. his stunt double. Right. To cast himself as, as the villain only basically so he can sell it to an American market. Yep. I don't know. I was really proud of him because it really felt like a smart passion project. And on top of that, you can tell how much love he has mm-hmm. for the... Um, for the, the martial arts genre. Yeah. Cause it really, at points, looked like a 70s action yeah, movie. Yeah. I was like, you, you can tell that he really loves kung fu. Right. And these older, I mean, we, we, I mean, my knowledge is very limited to these movies, but I remember feeling, uh, when we did our Michelle Yeoh episode, being like, wow. I mean, there, I mean, there are people who love these movies. Right. And you could almost feel that love in this movie because Tiger Chen, is like his old friend they met I think on Matrix right? yeah and I can just imagine I mean the Matrix movies were groundbreaking for a lot of their um fighting and stunts and whatever um and they spent so much time together doing the other two films and staying in contact with him and then being like I want to make my first movie and I just love these action kung fu right. movies and I want it to be about you. I don't know. I had a good time. Yeah. I had a yeah. Like it's not. It's not going to be my five star review. But like I you can find it. it. It's a, it's, a it's good, on Netflix. It's a good yeah. watch on Netflix. And there are so many other celebrities who have tried to make movies and um have not done nearly as well as what he did. Right. And I think he's smart because he wasn't trying to win any awards. Right. He wasn't trying to be like oh, I got to prove myself as a director. He wanted to you know put his heart into something and create something that he knew that no one in Hollywood ever would. For me, it. Uh... It felt very comfortable. I felt very at home. Um, you know, I love actors. Uh, you know, I love the cinema. You know, I love finding the shot. Um, you know, how are we telling the story in the camera? Um, 
yeah, I just felt really comfortable. I love storytelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my experience helped. So the, the later part of the early 20-teens, not great for him. Mm-hmm. He does indie drama Henry's Crime. He does Generation Um and... 2012, and then he does 47 Ronin, and everyone hates it. Drag, drag, um, drag. Uh, and then, so he sort of regroups, moves moves to other things. In 2011, decides to become an author of the grown-up picture book entitled Ode to Happiness. He produced the documentary Side by Side, which is about, you know, digital versus film. He also provides the voiceover for that movie. We mentioned Man of Tai Chi, which eventually comes out in 2013. So he spent almost five years into production for yep. that movie. Um, and, you know, it did, it got into the Beijing Film Festival and Cannes Film Festival. Um, it was awarded in Beijing and John Woo, who's like the king of that genre from the 90s, was like, this is great. Yeah. So that's that's got to feel pretty good. High praise. Um, and so then he like he comes back into doing more movies through John Wick. I mean, there's there's a couple other movies in between. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because he's another one of those people where, like, he gets real hot and heavy at times doing, like, three, four movies a year, and then other times it'll be like, you're lucky if you get a movie a year from yep. Keanu Reeves. Yep. Uh, but John Wick comes out in October of 2014. Um, I think most people know what this movie is, but he's a retired hitman whose wife passes away, but she leaves him a puppy. The puppy gets killed, and he decides to go for revenge. Revenge! And he kills a lot of people. Uh, there was a sequel in 2017 called John Wick Chapter 2. And as we mentioned before, there is a third movie coming out now, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum. He also does a, a bunch of independent films in between. He does The Neon Demon for Nicholas Winding Refn, The Worst Person Alive. <laughs> and he does The Bad Batch for Anna Lily Amirpour. Um, we talked about The Bad Batch yeah. on our Diego Luna episode because Diego Luna premieres, per, appears in a scene for a second. I liked Keanu Reeves in the movie. I don't like the movie. That was the movie really. He's yeah. also in The Whole Truth, which I saw. And I, oh, yes. And I was like, who is that white lady they have? And it took me a full, like, half of the movie. Renee. Like, half of the movie, I was like, is that Renee Zellweger? I feel like he's been doing favors for friends. Yeah, I can um, see that. I can see that. In 2018, he did Destination Wedding with Winona Ryder, yeah. which is a romantic comedy, I guess, but basically only stars them. They're the only people with speaking roles yeah, in the movie. It's, it's literally just them, like, having, talking to a- each other. Existential crisis conversations, yeah. like, during a wedding weekend. There is one really funny scene in the mountain line. I laughed heartily True. during yes, the mountain line yes. scene. Holy shit, Frank, what is that? I think it's a mountain lion. Could it be a jaguar? I don't know, I'm not a zookeeper. It's too big for an ocelot or a bear cat, but too small for a panther, I think. What the fuck difference does it make what it is? It's a fucking predator cat. A cougar, maybe? Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're worried about. It's gonna go for me. Why? I saw a thing. They pick out the smallest of the herd. We're not a herd. We're wedding guests. I'm telling you, you're safe if you just run. You run. I'll stay here and fight. Yeah, but I'm not a sprinter. I run for distance, so it... It gives me a certain clarity. Yes, all right. You run, I'll stay here and fight. How about if we both run and nobody stays here and fights? Neither of us can outrun a cheetah. It's not a fucking cheetah. We're not in Africa. But they're also in Iran, I think it's sad. Oh, they won't even hear a scream. I hate those fucking people. On the plus side, you'll be ruining Keith's wedding. That's true. But for the most part, it kind of feels like watching two really talented actors in a play that you're hating. Yeah, it's very that. The exciting thing is, the thing that I'm looking most forward to, is they're doing another Bill & Ted sequel called Bill & Ted Face the Music. This is a movie that's been trying to get off the ground basically for 20 years, maybe longer, because it's been 20 years since The Matrix, so shoot me in the fucking head. (laughs) Um, uh, He said, I'm open to the idea of that. I think it's pretty surreal playing Bill & Ted at 50. Uh... 
but we have a good story in that. Uh, you can see the life and joy of those two characters, and I think the world uh, can always use some life and joy, which I think is, is really... So sweet. Yeah, fun little thing that occurred also. Uh, Europe's first Keanu Reeves film festival titled KeanuCon was announced to be hosted in Glasgow, Scotland. It featured nine films over two days. Uh, My Own Private Idaho, Speed, The Matrix, Constantine, Man of Tai Chi, and John Wick. And the hits. The hits. Yeah, just play the hits. He's British by birth. He has British citizenship. Uh, he holds Canadian citizenship by naturalization. Reeves' biological father was born in the United States, but Reeves required a green card because he's not eligible to claim automatic citizenship by birth abroad to one United States citizen. Hmm. That's interesting. So he has a green card? He has a green card. Huh. He's just he's just working, working yeah. here, working and living. He's just stealing jobs. Okay, uh, fine. A little bit of tragedy in his life. On December 24th, 1999, Reeves' girlfriend, Jennifer Siamy, gave birth to their daughter, Ava Archer Siamy Reeves, who was stillborn. They broke up in 2001, which was brought upon by the grief of the loss of their daughter. And then Siamy was driving alone in Los Angeles uh, when she swiped three parked cars, rolled over several times, and was thrown from her car. Authorities believe she died instantly. She was reportedly being treated for depression and taking two prescription drugs, which were found in her car. That's hard. That's hard. I can't imagine what that does to a person. Um, he's not really religious. He's described as Buddhist or atheist. Reeves set up a cancer charity, choosing not to attach his name to the organization. Um, he's also supported the Six Kid, the Sick Kid Foundation, and Stand Up to Cancer. He's also a PETA supporter, but we won't talk about that. Okay. Um, in 2014, he said in an interview that his sister Kim has battled leukemia for more than a decade. Reeves is quoted as saying, "Money is the last thing I think about. I could live on what I already have made for the next few centuries." You know, I have a foundation uh, that does some. You know, it's mostly directed towards, uh, uh, you know, healthcare and education, but it, it's done in, in the past some rainforest uh, conservation. But, uh, and then, yeah, like you said, you know, you do what you can. It's cool that he's given so much money to cancer charities. Obviously, it's something very personal to him, yeah. but it's still nice that there is, you He know. also just doesn't feel like a very ostentatious celebrity. I never yeah. see him, like, truly, like, the, when I see him being, like, the quote-unquote, like, hottest or whatever, or in his movies... He does, whenever you see him out, like, it doesn't feel like he's like, I got to wear the finest, nicest things or, you know, he looks like a very normal, like, middle-aged dude who right. um, isn't particularly uh, interested in... Well, that's like, I mean, even think about the things he does on the side. You know, he decided to become or do, do an adult children's book. He decided to be a rock star occasionally. Yeah. He also co-founded Arch Motorcycles, yeah, which builds motor- and sells motorcycles. Yeah. Because he fucking loves riding motorcycles. Right. I don't know. I think that sort of wraps up Keanu. He's just like a normal dude who happens to be a celebrity. Right. And sometimes he's fucking amazing and sometimes he's less amazing. Yeah. So why don't we talk about how amazing he is first? Okay, let's do it. So... We're in our five-star reviews, so let's talk about how great Keanu is. Oh, my God. I had two... Me and my sisters, we had two DVDs. Uh, The first DVDs we ever had, one was The Exorcist. I don't know why, but we were like, yeah, that's like a very classic, cool movie. Um, The other one was The Replacements. Um, And this is not my pick, but it is like I mentioned a couple episodes ago. There are some movies that just come into your life, and... Good or bad, they mean something to you. The Replacements is one of those movies for me. Um, I will say, I think it's funny, and I think it's... Um, yeah. Uh, My yeah. dad loved that movie. It's like, 
I, the, the I will survive scene, very much in my head. The I will survive scene, incredible. That's how you do a like, and uh, also Keanu Reeves as a football player, as a quarterback, so hot. Um, I will tell you that the scene at the very end where he says he's like trying to pump up the, the football players that like they're they're um, he's like uh, I know you're tired, I know you're hurting, and I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational, but that just wouldn't be our style. Pain heals. Chicks dig scars. Glory. Last forever. That whole scene, I was just like, fuck. That, that movie fucking slaps. But um, I like the movie a lot. But that's not my five-star review. <laughs> my five-star review um, actually goes to uh, River's Edge. Really? Yeah. Um, that's I, awesome. I, 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 There are a lot of movies that I do like. And it's funny because we've... A lot of these movies, uh, his movies, we have seen in other episodes. Yes. Uh but this one was really out of left field for me. Um, I had never seen it either. And it's a movie I've been, I'd heard of for years and I'd been meaning to watch and just never gotten around to it. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, if you, if you like Keanu Reeves and what he does, um, and are maybe looking for something that's kind of, uh, different and early Keanu. Yeah. Um, and this is in a time, like it was an independent movie. Um, and so it's not, you know, a big franchisey thing. It's, it's sometimes labeled as a horror movie, which I think is so strange, but also, yeah, I mean, correct? a lot of people call, I was looking up, you know, uh, reviews and what people, like they say it's like a true teen horror, Yeah, but that it's, it doesn't fit perfectly in that genre because it's not like a slasher fic no. uh, or flick. It's more just like the horror of, you know, uh, teenage boredom or right. teenage, uh, uh, apathy yeah. and like a, a lack of like caring. Um, but okay. So this movie, uh, premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival in 1986. Uh, it is directed by Tim Hunter. Um, and, uh, the movie revolves around, um, a murder. Um, and this guy, John, um, brings some friends to come look at his girlfriend who he has murdered she he has left her body by the river and he has this like friend squad you know and he's like do you guys and they're like oh my god where is whatever her name is i forgot her name um kimberly or whatever (laughs) and they're and he's like oh i killed her and they all think he's joking and he is not joking and he he go he goes and takes them to the body and they're all like what the fuck except for one guy um Played by um, Crispin Glover, who is a full psycho in this movie. Yeah, but it's so so good in like a in a way that I wasn't expecting. His instinct is to protect John. His instinct is like we are all in this together, and we can't let anybody know. And um, it's it's it, and that's like kind of where the horror starts to creep in. Like it's also it's already horrifying that this guy has killed his girlfriend. Yeah, but like somehow him and Lane are able to kind of control manipulate everyone into thinking like this is on all of us and we are, have to stick together because i don't know adulthood is evil and like the adults aren't going to understand yeah there's there's a scene tor- near the end of the movie it's not i'm like not giving anything away but there's a scene in which like the press is sort of interviewing some yeah. of the kids and you get that sort of warped mentality of them being like well, yeah, but like, whatever. Like, yeah, okay. yeah, exactly. Like, uh, so Keanu Reeves plays Matt and he, um, is like kind of living in a broken home. His mom is dating this guy who he does not get along with. 
Um, he has a younger brother, Tim, who's kind of a psychopath also. Yeah. He, like, is... But I think it's part of the idea that he's he's not of the, like, he's where it, the mind hasn't formed yet. And right. so he's, like, being, he's in this sort of bad... Uh, like, he, he's experiencing this bad childhood, right. and he's taking all the wrong lessons from right. it. He ha- he's having a bad childhood because his father isn't present. Um, Matt, who is also still, like, a teenager in high school... Um, is not being the father figure that he wants or needs. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, Matt is one of the characters, uh, Keanu's character. He, uh, is feeling like this is wrong. We need to tell someone about, yeah. um, you know, the body. And he end up, he ends up narking, uh, and telling, um, the police about the body. The body, Matt. How do you figure you got in the river? I don't know. Well, take a stab, huh? What do you think? You think maybe it rolled or a big gust of wind uh, peeled off the river and scooped it right up? Maybe. Or maybe somebody pushed it. Maybe. Maybe you pushed it. I didn't push it. You're the only one we're sure was there. I told you about John. John? Samson. We call him John because of his last name, Tollett. You know, Tollett, Toilet, John. That's very clever. Yeah, it's a super interesting kind of uh, uh, TikTok of a movie where they're trying to, you know, Matt doesn't want to admit that he's the one that knocked on them. Right. They're trying to hide. And John is like, oh, I killed her with my bare hands. I just choked the life out right. of her. And it's, I mean, it's kind of horrifying. And it, it's, I mean, it is such an, like, it's obviously like an indictment of the, the time period it came out in. But I also think it's, it is an interesting analysis of the way that, teens can act it's a very it feels very real right i mean it's also like just like the loss of innocence yeah and you know and uh the uh, uncaring it, nature that sometimes teens like the re- the reality of the world right and it's it's just like uh, it doesn't have any of that sort of ingrained camp that you get out of something like no, heathers no or you know which is also a very dark movie about teens but this is like there's no camp the more here. real world take and there's no like moralizing there's yeah. no like you know there's no like lesson to be learned here yeah it's all just like oh this is fucking real life it does not the movie um doesn't end kind of like on a uh, there's no like uplift it's kind of just like you know this bad thing happened and uh these kids need to figure out you know how to do the right thing yeah um but yeah keanu is i think very good and very tender and very you can tell he's conflicted there's a moment where he has to confront his younger brother who um might commit this act of violence and you can tell that they're both coming from this really broken shitty house and they are just trying to connect and find people that will talk to them and understand them and what they're going through. Um, so yeah, that's my five star review. Um, I think, you know, when we're talking about five star reviews, I think there's some real obvious ones like speed or the matrix, which I would put up there with like, I think his performance is really great in them. Yep. You know, point break. I think he's really fantastic in, um, but you know, we're really here to talk about like the nitty gritty, like what is the the best performances. I genuinely think Reverse Edge is a really good pick. Um, the one I'm going to go with is also not probably going to be the one that jumps out right at the front of people's mind, but should definitely be in there, which is 2006's Scanner Darkly. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So we talked about a Scanner Darkly just a little bit when we talked about Richard Linklater. It's an animated science fiction thriller that's based off Philip K. Dick's story. Um, 
and in it Keanu Reeves plays a policeman it's a it's like a near future it's actually the funny thing is it's like eight years from now so it's 2013 um and it's a future where America's quote-unquote lost the war on drugs there's a, a new drug out there that really uh fucks with your brain it, it forces your left hemisphere to compete with your right hemisphere and really sort of fractures your personality he's a narcotics officer who has gone undercover um amongst all right. these other drug addicts in order basically to find out who their supplier is the police officers wear these things called scramble suits which messes with the perception of what people can see it, it randomly selects different facial features different body parts uh constantly on a loop um, in order to keep them away from the surveillance because the police state has gotten so high tech in their surveillance. That's the, the scanner bit. Mm. Um, so at the same time that he is undercover investigating these people, um, he becomes addicted to substance D and basically it starts to fracture his personality. And there's a bit of a mystery in there. And I don't want to give too much away because there is a really great reveal in it that I, I have read the book and I've seen the movie and still forgot about it. It was just like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Um when it clicked I was like, oh I hear it. Um I saw the movie a while ago. I did not rewatch it for this episode. I remember being like, this is a mind fuck of a movie. Yeah. Um looks super fucking cool. Yeah. There's no movie that looks like a scanner directly. Well what's really hilarious is it took them something like like uh maybe a month to film. The rotoscoping process took over a year and a half. I believe it. Um, part of it was that they decided to go real small and like nobody was really familiar with the technology they were using. And they were, they were like essentially getting like, like basically months in, they'd had like three scenes done. Oof. Yeah. And, and I will admit that the, the quality isn't perfect in terms of the way the, the film is made in terms of the rotoscoping. So essentially what they did is they shot all the actors and then animators came in and frame by frame drew over and, um, did the entire outlines. Richard Linklater had done this before with his film Waking Life, which right. I think is a little pretentious drivel. That's just me. Um, but that movie's a little more free because that movie is sort of about dreams and it's a little yeah, out yeah. there. And, and this movie does have to have a real quality. And I think there's times where like you see people walking and it kind of looks like they're maybe floating on air in a way oh, that hearing. maybe perhaps not. I also think that every, everyone looks really cool. Like it's Winona Ryder's in this film. Um, Robert Downey Jr.'s in this film. Woody Harrelson's in this film. Uh, Keanu Reeves. I think everybody looks really cool except Woody Harrelson, who just always looks like a monster for some reason. <laughs> it's the shading on his face and like that's just his real look. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just how he looks. The reason I want to give it the best performance to Keanu is the animation really highlights what he does with his face, which I don't know if I've always noticed this before, but after rewatching this film, I began looking for it and being like, he plays a lot in his eyes and a lot in the way he like holds his jaw and i know that sounds really weird but he he keeps a lot of it internal mm. um and i think the animation sort of had to bring that out just a tiny bit more and it's really cool because once you start to notice it you can see it in other performances the way that he like takes things into himself and they become sort of an expressive uh look on his face and i i don't know i, I found that really impressive also there's a lot of voiceover in the movie because it comes from a book and that right. generally happens. Um, and I think he handles it really well. It never feels dull or boring. It feels like the bits of his mind are warring with themselves. When he starts to lose it, I think he plays that really well. What does a scanner see? Into the head? Down into the heart? 
Does it see into me? Into us? Clearly or darkly? I hope it sees clearly because I can't any longer see into myself. I see only Mark. I hope for everyone's sake the scanners do better. Because if the scanner sees only darkly the way I do, then I'm cursed and cursed again and will only wind up dead this way, knowing very little and getting that little fragment wrong too. There's this whole thing about how he has a wife and a kid and he's abandoned them and the drugs have now caused him to repeat the same sort of thing. Like he, at the beginning, he, during his presentation, he's like, He's like, I have two uh, two children, little ones, real little. And he repeats that verbatim later. And somebody's like, I don't think you do. And I, and I love that element about it, that he's he has like a rehearsed personality and right. a real personality. I don't know. I, th- I think he, he basically has to play those two characters. And when you get to the end of the movie, not not to reveal anything, but a third version of the same character... I think it, I don't know. I think it's really interesting to watch the different ways that he handles them. And once again, Keanu's not like insanely like he does the thing that he does. Right. You hire him to be Keanu. He's not showy. He's not showy. But I think the subtle ways in which he decides to take these different characters, whether it be this cop or this drug addict or this third version of himself, um, are interesting and really worth paying attention to. Yeah, I like yeah. that. But were there any other films that you saw that you perhaps thought? I mean, I guess I can't. I, I I rewatched The Matrix and then for the first time watched the two sequels. Yeah. Um, I cannot stress enough like how key he is to that, those yeah. movies. Um, he's the perfect blank slate for all this style and yeah. action. And because I mean, I don't think the trilogy sticks to landing. Right. But the, I mean, the the I think the first movie deserves all the credit it gets so the second and third movie aren't anywhere near as bad as people make them out to be they're not i think it's the the curve of disappointment is really what caused yeah people to say they're but they are a little bit up their own ass and it's right. hard to well i mean I, I so like i was watching this movie and i was like is neo jesus yeah i was like wait a second the wachowskis had a big think idea that they wanted to put on film and like trying to explain like you know how the matrix is this life that we are living to power these machines that are, are controlling like all we are in the matrix now this world we are living in right. is the matrix it is all fucking fake and we are plugged in powering these machines that are in the real world um but yeah i mean besides the, the movies being very gorgeous um neo the, the the character of neo uh played by keanu reeves is just uh you know, I bought all of it. He has like this internal soul. He's able to be like soulful when he needs to, but he's also able to put on those fucking glasses and kick ass. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just love that the, this new, um, action character that he was able to, um, create, uh, for us. So I, 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 I do enjoy the Matrix. And I think that that first movie especially still holds up. Yeah, definitely. Um, speed. I don't even know if we need to talk more about speed because we talked about it so much at yeah. length on our Sandra Bullock episode. Just go listen to that. Yep. Uh, but obviously amazing chemistry with Sandra Bullock and I never have an issue when, when they're working together. I think John Wick is really fucking yeah. fun. I'm in the minority by saying I don't love the second movie. I know a lot of people love the, I don't want to play okay, good. Cause yeah. I, part of my problem is it's not him. It's the escalation the universe takes. Like I love, yeah. I love the like, 
world building the first movie did with this underground world of assassins it's yeah. a little campy and it's yeah, a little yeah. outrageous but like but it's interesting and then suddenly the second movie takes in the direction of like every single fucking person's an assassin well yeah the second one they like the i like the first one because the world building feels very small like yeah insane. you don't know exactly how big this thing right. is or how like, like deep the, it goes the little bit with the cop in yeah. the first movie yeah. is surprising evening john evening jimmy Noise complaint. Noise complaint. You, uh, working again? No, just sorting some stuff out. Oh, well. I'll leave you be then. The second one, not only are they taking it international and, like, whatever, but also, like, they show you they're in New York, but the subway looks really fucking crazy and futuristic, yeah. but then some parts don't, and so they're... The second one, I think they're really trying to like expand the world, and so uh, you lose a, a, a little slash a lot of the intimacy. Like the, yeah. the first one was fully like this fucking guy killed my dog, right. stole my car, and it is personal. Also, justice for that actress who plays the assassin in that movie, who I really love, and um, from Friday Night Lights. What's her name? Adrian uh, Palicki. Yes, yeah, I love her. And yeah, she I love was, Adrian Palicki, and she was amazing in the movie. And, she, and she's great in the first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think all this being say, said, I think Keanu Reeves still has it. Yes. Um, but also there have been a lot of misses in his career. Yes. And I guess we should get to our one star reviews. Yeah, let's do it. There's a lot. I fought myself on this a lot. I would love to give it to Generation Um, which was a waste of time. I started it and then I was like, I don't want to. I yeah. just don't want to. Yeah, well, I mean, that was me with Street Kings. That was the, um, uh, there's a, there's another. Also, awful fucking title for a movie. Yeah. Generation Um. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, yeah, he's like super philosophical in it. It's, it's, it's bad. It's, it's boring. Okay. Um, Little Buddha, which, did not watch that. Um, he's plays Siddhartha, so oh, he's in. Okay. Yeah, of course. So he's in brownface okay, amongst many actual Indian actors. Um, but well, I will give him this. Okay. This will just be between you and I. Uh, a little sexy in brownface. Oh, yeah. Okay. A little, but I didn't say that. Okay, just because it's wrong. You like a nice tan, yeah. Yeah, this is a very nice tan. Um. You know, but I would say the worst movie of Solomon, I could not even bring myself to rewatch it. I've seen it once. I don't need to see it again. Once is enough. Is uh 2015's erotic thriller horror film, Knock Knock. Okay, I did not watch that. Oh, but... we did not even talk about it on the rewind. It is a remake of the movie from 1977 called Death Game. And I'll do the, because the plot is... So thin. Um, um, what is the um, the genre? Erotic thriller? Erotic thriller horror. Okay. Um, in which two girls show up at, at, he's like, his, his wife, he's happily married, um, his wife goes out of town, um, she's a successful artist, and two girls knock on his door one night, they say they're lost, they're looking for a party, he invites them in, they, they get a little wild, um, they don't know how to contact the party, he's like, okay, you really should go, they seduce him, uh, uh, have sex with him, and then they start fucking shit up. They recorded it. They're like, we're gonna embarrass you in front of your wife. They destroy everything. Um, that, and like, they essentially, this is what they do. Cause they, they like leave him at the end. Cause they're gonna go fuck up somebody else's wife. Um, they, you know, this is a little game they play. Um, 
you know, he, they, after they fuck him, they tell him they're underage. Okay. Um, and part of that's why recording it. I, you never really find out. Okay. Um, but this is what they do. They seduce, torture, and ruin the homes of married men with children. Um, she records the video and she, they like upload it to his Facebook profile and like leave. Is that the end of the movie? Yeah. And like the, the wife and the kid get home and are like, what's going on with our house? It is, first of all, a garbage movie. Okay. Um, it's directed by Eli Roth, who I yes, detest. Yes. And I think it's a testament to, um, Keanu Reeves working with good directors to get a good performance out of him. He is so bad in this movie. He is like, 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 if you told me he was reading his lines from cue cards off camera. Okay. You'd believe, yeah. I would 100% believe it. Um, like, not emotional, not emoting, not giving anything. There's points where he screams in the movie because they're like, he's a former DJ and they're gonna, of course, they're gonna torture him by deafening him. And he's like, he like, I don't want to be this, this cruel, but there are times when he is not well directed that he moves naturally on his own, I would say, to a Nicolas Cage level. Oh no. Yeah. You're both crazy fucking bitches. You look 21, you lied to me. Oh, like you lied to your wife? What I tell my wife is none of your goddamn- This is fucking serious. I could go deaf. The game hasn't started yet. He does that a couple times in this movie, like more than once, and it's embarrassing. You feel embarrassed for him. Yeah, watch. I, I don't like that feeling. Yeah. Um, it's really bad, and I would really recommend never watching it, but also, if I had to recommend any Eli Roth film, I would say watch anything else okay other than any Eli Roth movie yeah and this is definitely during the time like in the like beginning of the aughts this is 2015 the 10 this is four years ago yeah I mean but like I would say everything from like 2010 ish before John Wick it was like what was happening yeah Yeah, what is going on in your life because Generation Um was around that time also yeah yeah. so that's my one star review um, I had two, like, I had two things going in my head. I'm like, there are movies that I really like that he's bad in, like Dracula. Um, we didn't mention, but he's also in Much Ado About Nothing. Yes. Which we did mention for our, um, Michael Keaton episode. Yeah. And I don't think he's bad in it. I just don't think he's miscast. He's sh- like, he's the villain. I think he's bad in this movie. <laughs> okay. The movie is so fucking good. I've watched yeah. the movie like at least 10 times. But he's like, I am evil. <laughs> I had rather be a canker in a hedge than a rose in his grace. In this, though I cannot be said to be a flattering, honest man, it must not be denied, but I am a plain dealing villain. And I'm like, girl, miscast for sure. Looks hot as fuck in that period clothing, yeah. but I'm not choosing that. Um, my pick is, uh, this might have been like the first or second movie that I watched for this, um, episode, and it is 1996's Feeling Minnesota. Yeah, it's real bad. So it's crazy that they were able to cast like the one 90s ingenue girl 
in Cameron Diaz that has no fucking chemistry with him at yeah. all. I was like, and I don't know if it's the choices she's making, but like literally no character in this movie is likable. Well, I I will give you, I will posit a query for you then. Would um, you call me? <laughs> um, is she not making any interesting choices because there's nothing to the character? Because that's what I kept as Absolutely. I was watching the movie. Absolutely. I was like, this movie I, is horrifying to women. Yeah. This movie. She is not written. Like, literally, I honestly think that the writer was like, just had the image of her running away in a wedding dress. And like, that was it. That was the only thing he cared about. This. And then try to build a character from right, there. No, this writer was like, what if she gets married, but like fucks Keanu Reeves before she, her right. actual wedding? So she's a stripper. Yeah. And she's just a pawn in this movie that like, Oh, they owe money to this person, so now you have to marry Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, we were just talking about him. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, uh, he's back around. He's back. Um, Keanu looks like fine in this movie. The movie's about, um, so, and also, Cameron Diaz's name is Freddy. Hello, <laughs> yeah. I'm crazy. Um, oh my god, I forgot. Also, Keanu's name in this movie is Jax. The, the way it is spelled is a crime. Horrifying. It is J J A K S. But why? But whoops. And I love, I love my favorite thing in any movie is a spelling joke. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. God. And like they tried, I think, make jokes about yeah. his name. Yeah. Whatever. Um, so his, his brother is Sam, who is, like, a not-fucking-good guy. Yeah, played by Vincent D'Onofrio. Yeah. Explain that bloodline. Right. And, and I like Vincent, so this is not an insult to him. No, I like From too. Vincent D'Onofrio to Keanu Reeves. I don't get yeah. it. Kathy. Essentially, she, uh, Cameron Diaz's character is a stripper who owes money to uh, someone, so she, they, like, they basically beat the shit out of her, force yeah. her to it's marry... incredibly violent as well. Yeah, it... It's not a good movie uh, to women in, at all. Force her to marry Vincent D'Onofrio. Um, Jax goes to the wedding, sees uh, Freddie, and sh- and she and him, like, I don't know, have love at first sight, fuck in the restroom, like, minutes before the actual wedding. Um, and they decide they want to, like, take off um, and run away. Um, but, of course, you know, uh, Sam uh, is like, what the fuck that? <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio and Keanu Reeves' characters, the brothers, they do not get along. No. Um, there's a plot to steal money from him that goes awry. I don't understand. It's enough for now. We can check out of here. And go. In the morning. What are we gonna do, Jax? This was our last chance. They're gonna find us and they're gonna fucking kill us! How could you let him get to you? I let him get to me. Let go of me! I counted on you, Jax! Hey, shut up in there! You, you shut, shut up! up. You, you shut, shut the, the fuck up. up! There's a big portion of the movie where you think Freddy is dead. Right. They shoot Cameron Diaz in the stomach. Um, and he tries, uh, Sam tries to pin it on Jax. Um, and Jax is like, did I kill this woman that I ran away with? And it's, uh, there for, for whatever reason, spoiler alert, she comes back to life. And she's like, lol, it's just nothing. Yeah. This is, this is a plot. Yep. Um, it's, uh, it's, uh, Dan Aykroyd's in this movie also. Oh, 
giving <laughs> in a movie of bad performances, giving the worst yeah. performance. Yeah, no one knew what this movie wanted to be, what the tone was, what the style was. It's just all around running in circles, um, down a garbage drain. Like it's 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 I and and the fucking crazy thing is the movie poster of this is like. Keanu Reeves and Cameron Diaz being like, ha ha ha, oh my god, we're just like so crazy and in love together. This is a romantic comedy. This is not romantic. This is not a comedy. This is a nothing movie. Everything about this movie is offensive to me. Yeah. And no one should see this movie. Were there any other movies that you perhaps didn't love? Another one-star review that has come up that he is in um, Sweet November. Sweet November! Starring Charlize Theron. Yeah, speaking of not having chemistry, which is crazy, yeah. because I think Charlize Theron could have uh, chemistry with my coat rack out yeah. there. I think she could have chemistry with my stuffed little Sebastian up there. Like, I think, <laughs> I think she was just so committed to like this like manic pixie yeah. dream girl thing. Uh yeah, she's playing it so all over the place, and he, this is not, he couldn't find anything to hold on to. No, and well, he's also, he's supposed to be the straight man, the sort of yeah. boring. Yeah, yeah, So, like, when he sings her the song and everything, I don't know how much of you remember the movie, but it is stuck with me. <laughs> um, I just remember being like, I hate everything about this movie. Yeah. Um, so, that movie, No Me Gusta, um, uh, yeah, and like I said, you know, I don't think he's particularly good at much to do about nothing. But, um, that's fair. I think it's fair. But yeah, but, you know, it's not all dour. No. With Keanu. There's no. lots of good things. So why don't we move into our fast forward? We talked about, you know, things that he has coming up. You know, beyond John Wick 3, we mentioned the new Bill and Ted movie. He also is um, playing a new toy in the Toy Story 4 yes. movie. Um, I, I'm i excited to hear his voice work, I'll be honest. He's playing kind of like an um, uh, Evil Knievel type character. Right. New from Maple Leaf Toys. Who's the Canuck with all the luck? Now you can bring home Duke Kaboom. Who's the most spectacular daredevil Canada has ever seen? Are you kidding? It's a commercial. It's not real. I can't jump that far. Later this month, he is in the movie Always Be My Maybe, which is coming oh. to Netflix. Starring Ali Wong? Yes. And Randall Park. Love. Um, and Daniel Day Kim. Solidifying my theory that Asians are saving the romantic comedy for us. Thank yeah. you, guys. <laughs> um, Bill and Ted Face the Music, as we mentioned, which will be out uh, hopefully next year. Um, and there's lots of other things that, uh, he has in development. Uh, one that was just randomly announced, uh, action thriller called Rain, which is another movie about assassin. Uh, he, he's like a, an assassin who specializes in making people look like they've died of natural causes. Dude. So, yeah. Um, so he's certainly not, uh, hurting for work. He right. also, and we didn't really talk about this, but I kind of love this fact. There is a TV show that is a U.S. Sweden co-production called Swedish Dicks. Um, it is a cop show starring Peter Stormare, whom he met on Constantine. And Peter Stormare said that they sort of connected because they talk about, like, the supernatural and other universes. They're just very genuinely into that. And Swedish Dicks is about two Swedish detectives who are not very good at their job. <laughs> They're um, unlicensed private investigators. Okay. And uh, 
Keanu Reeves has a recurring role on this TV show Amazing. as Tex. Careful, or you'll end up like me. Boy, howdy, that's a long way down. What are you doing here, Tex? You tell me. It's funny because Peter Stormare in that GQ interview was like, yeah, I run into him all the time at the gym and all, every time he's like, when's the next season filming? So like, I love the fact because oh that's like, um, I think it was, I can't remember if it was the interviewer or Peter Stormare, but they were like, that's like if Bob Dylan started guest starring on a TV show. Like yeah. it doesn't yeah. make any yeah. sense. For but, no, he does not have to be doing that. Right. Um, but I love the fact that once again, if you're friends with Keanu Reeves, he's willing to bend over backwards to like please you. Yeah. And like he's just a he's a good fucking friend. That's the you know That's a yeah, that's a good person to uh know and uh be chill with in Hollywood. Oh, uh real quick, and I should have mentioned this in my one star reviews. He also had another film come out this year in January, a little film called Replicas, which he produced oh, yeah. and is real bad. The less said about replicas the better. Okay, good. Oh, we also didn't mention I mean, I feel like we we'd be doing a disservice. I didn't watch 47 Ronin. Yeah, I didn't either. Okay, good. So we're putting on the record. Neither of us watched 47 Ronin. We are assuming that it is very bad. Yeah. But I will say um, I can understand why he would want to make a movie like that because he does have this right. Chinese heritage and loves uh, kung fu movies. But I could also see culturally he is white and white passing. And so yeah. I can see how it is problematic. Um, so, yeah, tell us if you saw it <laughs> and what you thought. Um but yeah, so I guess the last thing I want to get into then is what would you like to see out of Keanu Reeves? What it, what are you really hoping for? His energy with the right woman is yeah. just so sexy and so uplifting. Uh, and even like, even when it's not explicitly like making out or hooking up, like, but like him having fun with yeah. Sandra Bullock is just like, uh, you know, what's funny is I basically was going to say the same thing. I love action Keanu Reeves. He can honestly, he can make John Wick movies until his hips go out. Yeah. I will still see them. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I really... I think he has it in him. They just can't be sort of, like, the like the classic-y walk in the clouds. And they can't be, like, the bad, sappy... Sweet like, Novembers. Sweet Novembers. That has to be an organic chemistry like he has with... You know, it. we, we did talk about Destination Wedding. And Destination Wedding is a bad movie. Yeah. But he has it with Winona. He right. has that right. chemistry that makes it work. The bits that work, yeah. they work. So I don't know. I, I feel the same way. Like, I would love to see him. Yeah, it's funny. I wonder if, like, uh, you know, John Wick was a huge hit. Is You know, like you said, he said, I don't know how many more movies of these will there be. Like, right. we'll see what happens. Um, it feels like now especially for, like, Hollywood movies. It needs to be, like, high-concept, big thing. Yeah. And I just don't... There are not too many movies that are coming out, at least in theaters, that are giving you... I mean, like, Long Shot with Charlize Theron... Right. ...is kind of, like... For me, it felt like, oh, this... I've not seen a movie just kind of about... I mean, it's still kind of a high-concept. Right. She's running for president or whatever. But, like, it's about these two... <laughs> She's running for president or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it's still, like, about people falling in love oh, right. and, like, trying to figure out their relationship in ways that we don't get to see a lot anymore. Um, I'd be interested to see if he would be willing to do, you know, Netflix or Amazon. Yeah. Well, movie. I mean, he is, you know. The, I mean, I don't know how big his role is in Always oh, Be My Maybe, right, right, but, right. like... Right, exactly. You know? And so uh, I wonder if he would be interested in, like, kind of 
in that lane. I mean, the thing I think we forget because he's so unassuming. Yeah. It's what a huge fucking star he is. Yeah. I mean, it, no, yeah. It's it, and like I was mentioning, there are other like sex symbol type characters of our generation or of this generation of Hollywood. You think about like Brad Pitt. Um, uh, you think of George Clooney. Um, but I don't think either of them has made nearly as much money as no. Keanu Reeves has made no. for Hollywood. Um, in his career, I don't think they've made as many movies as he has. Um, and, and as internationally, like, you know, beloved, you know, people everywhere fucking watch The Matrix and Speed, um, and, and even John Wick. Um, and so it's, it's funny to think, like, it, he feels still like this very accessible celebrity and star. Um, even though he should, for, he should, and if he wanted to, could just be like, fuck everyone, I'm going to work on whatever I want. Right. But if, if he, if he was suddenly like, oh, I do want to be a musician again. Yeah. That's what he could go do. He, but he, I think he's so generous with his, you know, time and yeah. his art. Like he's like, yeah, I'll make this small little movie for you or whatever. And really, I mean, when these are his friends who wanted to make these John Wick movies and he's like, yeah, I'll do it with you guys. And, yeah. and he's using his name and his like stature in Hollywood to get things done. Spe- speaking of that, using his name, cause I mentioned that, you know, the uh, man of Tai Chi essentially cast himself as the villain to sell it to an American market. Um, because it is mostly a foreign language film. Uh, I would like to see him direct again. I think he would need to be as passionate yeah. about it as he is, as he was with Man of Tai Chi. But like, I thought he had a point of view and I thought it was interesting and well made. Well, John Wick 3 comes out while this episode goes up. Yep. So you'll either have seen it already or I'm making plans to see it. Maybe Louie and I will go see it together. Maybe. Who knows? Uh, but I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I- and I think that sort of wraps up Keanu Reeves. Nice guy. Yes. Would love to see him do more comedies. Any anything that he's clearly passionate about. Yeah. Um I don't I don't think when he gives a bad performance, it's because of a lack of passion. I think that he's passionate about plenty of things. But I there's just a disconnect that occurs yeah. sometimes. Yeah, definitely yeah. sometimes making poor choices. <laughs> poor choices. Yeah, absolutely. Uh so that wraps up this episode of the Mixed Reviews. Real quick, there's a new podcast out there that has a very similar name to ours and start out with an even more similar name. Okay, so here's like the funny thing. Yes. So like eventually, so we just, we got a follow one day from, uh, on Twitter from the Mixed Reviews. And yeah. I was like, that's not us. That's someone else. Um, and uh, so yeah, these two, two friends, um, are they in California? I believe so. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, so clearly, you know, like not terribly original name for either, like it's, you know, it's a saying, whatever. It's a, yeah, it's a saying. But it's um, news. we get it. It's in the, yeah, it's yeah. In the atmosphere. Yeah. So, um, but they've very kindly changed their name. Um, and we just want to give them a shout out. They're very nice people. And absolutely. Um, uh, uh, so they go by Opposing Reviews podcast. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at, at Opposing Reviews. Uh, here's their bio. Can't decide what to watch. We're here to help. Tune in to Opposing Reviews Podcast. Uh, they're two friends, and they talk about movies. Their first episode just went up this past week. It's about Avengers Endgame. Ooh. Give it a listen. Cool. Uh, but that wraps up our episode about Keanu Reeves. Uh, you can find us online or contact us by going on Twitter and finding us at, at The Mixed Reviews. We're on Facebook. Just type in The Mixed Reviews. You can email us at reviewsmixed at gmail.com. Leave us a little love notes. Yes, please. We love to kiss them. Mm. Spray your perfume into them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I am Al Kama Woods. Yes. Um, and uh, if you listen to us on iTunes or Stitcher 
or Google Play Music, Spotify, Spotify iHeartRadio, uh, pretty much anywhere that you catch your podcasts, you can leave us a five-star review, which would be insanely helpful because it lets other people know about us, mm-hmm. and we want to be friends Show with us everyone. the love, ladies. Exactly. So thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll be back in a couple weeks with a brand new oh, subject, and maybe even a little guest. Uh-oh. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. You've kept my love so young, so new, and time after time, you'll hear me say that I'm so lucky to be loving.